Being stuck here on Earth at the bottom of this enormous gravity well really sucks. The amount of energy it takes to escape into the black would make even Captain Reynolds curse up a Goram storm. But gravity is a funny way of evening the score, giving and taking in equal measure. And there are special places in the solar system where the forces of gravity nicely balance out. Places that a clever and ambitious solar system spanning civilization could use to get a toehold on the exploration of the universe. These are known as the Lagrange points, or Lagrangian points, or Libration points, or just L points. They're named after the French mathematician Joseph Louis Lagrange, who wrote an essay on the three body problem in 1772. He was actually extending the mathematics of Leonard Euler. Euler discovered the first three Lagrangian points, even though they're not named after him, and then Lagrange turned up the next two. But what are they? When you consider the gravitational interaction between two massive objects like the Earth and the Sun, or the Earth and the Moon, or the Death Star and Alderaan, actually strike that last example. As I was saying, when you've got two massive objects, the gravitational forces balance out perfectly in five places. In each of these five places, you could position a relatively low mass satellite and maintain its position with very little effort. For example, you could park a space telescope or an orbital colony, and you need very little or even zero energy to maintain its position. The most famous and obvious of these is L1. This is the point that's balanced between the gravitational pull of two objects. So for example, you could position a satellite a little above the surface of the Moon. The Earth's gravity is pulling it towards the Earth, but the Moon's gravity is counteracting the pull of the Earth, and the satellite doesn't need too much fuel to maintain position. There's an L1 point between the Earth and the Moon, and a different spot between the Earth and the Sun, and a different spot between the Sun and Jupiter, etc. There's L1 points everywhere. L2 is located on the same line as the mass, but on the far side. So you get the Sun-Earth L2 point. Now at this point you're probably wondering why the combined gravity of the two massive objects doesn't just pull that poor satellite down. Now it's important to think about orbital trajectories. The Sun is here, and the Earth is orbiting around it, so the satellite at that L2 point will be in a higher orbit and will be expected to fall behind the Earth as it's moving more slowly around the Sun. But the gravitational pull of the Earth pulls it forward, helping to keep it in a stable position. Now you'll want to play a lot a Kerbal Space Program to really wrap your head around it, and sadly your no man's sky time isn't helping you at all except to teach you that hyperdrives are notoriously finicky and you'll never have enough inventory space. L3 is located on the direct opposite side of the system. Again, the forces of gravity between the two masses balance out so that the third object maintains the same orbital velocity. For example, a satellite in the L3 point would always remain exactly hidden by the Sun. Now hold on, hold on, I know there's a million thoughts going around in your brain right now, but bear with me, we'll get there. Now there are two more points, the L4 and the L5 points, and these are located ahead and behind the lower mass object in orbit. You form an equilateral triangle between the two masses, and the third point of the triangle is the L4 point. Flip the triangle upside down, and there's L5. Now it's important to note that the first three Lagrange points are gravitationally unstable. Any satellite or another Earth positioned there 
will eventually drift away from stability, so they need some kind of thruster to maintain this position. Imagine a tall, smooth mountain with a sharp peak. You put a bowling ball at the very top, so you're not going to need a lot of energy to keep it in that position, but the blowing wind will eventually knock it down out of place and down the mountain, and that's L1, L2, and L3, and it's why we don't see any natural objects located in those places. But L4 and L5 are actually stable. It's the opposite situation, where a deep valley where the bowling ball will tend to fall down into it. And we actually do find asteroids in the natural L4 and L5 positions of the larger planets, like Jupiter. There's the Trojan asteroids trapped in these natural gravity wells through the gravitational interaction of Jupiter and the Sun. So what can we use Lagrange points for? Well, there's all kinds of space exploration applications, and there's already a handful of satellites in the various Earth-Sun and Earth-Moon points. Sun-Earth L1 is a great place to station a solar telescope, where it's a little closer to the Sun, but can always communicate with us back on Earth. The James Webb Space Telescope is destined for Sun-Earth L2, located about 1.5 million kilometers from Earth. From there, the bright Earth, Sun, and Moon, they're all huddled up in this tiny location in the sky, leaving the rest of the universe free for observation. Earth-Moon L1 is a perfect place to put a lunar refueling station, a place that can get to either the Earth or the Moon with minimal fuel. Perhaps the most science fiction-y idea is to put a huge rotating O'Neill Cylinder space station at the L4 or L5 point being perfectly stable in orbit and relatively easy to get to, and it would be the perfect place to begin the colonization of the solar system. Well, thanks, Gravity. Thanks for interacting in all the strange ways that you do in creating these stepping stones that we can use as we reach up and out from our planet to become a true solar system-spanning civilization. Now, this topic was chosen by you, the viewer, many, many times. So keep those ideas coming and I'm happy to keep investigating them. In our next episode, we'll wonder what temperature black holes are. Wait a minute, has that question even make any sense? Well, stay tuned. Oh, make sure you stick around for the blooper. You might know me as just the host of The Guide to Space, but did you know about my other projects? I've been the co-host of the Astronomy Cast podcast with Dr. Pamela Gay for over 10 years now. We've got more than 400 episodes all about space and astronomy to keep you entertained. So check them all out at astronomycast.com, and you can find our YouTube channel as well. And if you want to continue supporting what I'm doing here, why don't you consider joining our Patreon community? You get advanced access to videos, see behind the scenes, and even talk with the writing team. And I'll remove all the ads from Universe Today for you. There's now 582 wonderful patrons who keep this whole endeavor going. Thank you. We'd like to thank Mike Elkinen, Todd Vance, Robert McCone, and the rest of the members who support us in making great space astronomy content. We're going to action. Go to patreon.com slash universe today. Now you might know me as the host of the guide to space. <laughs> You're welcome, blooper reel. Can you, uh, is this, can you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got smacked in the face by, uh, by a bit of tree.